everybody, and welcome back to the Everybody Trades Podcast. With me, as usual, your host, John Miller. And today, I just want to take a slight step back for all of us. Take a look in the mirror and say, are we listening? Are we actually hearing what other people are having to say? Because sometimes I think, just as somebody who looks at a lot of news, looks at a lot of content, particularly if you look at how people interact on Twitter these days, it's just a lot of, no, you're wrong, and how dare you be wrong, you're an idiot. It's just a lot of, it's not just that the person is wrong, it's that they're an idiot and possibly a terrible person and quite possibly a racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe, just name everything in the book. It's all about personal insults. Mostly it comes down to intellect, really. That's what I actually want to concentrate on. I don't think that people who disagree with me are stupid. Particularly, let's take a really good example. Paul Krugman, the New York Times economics columnist, always spouting his opinions at least once a week in that particular publication, The Old Gray Lady. Don't they call it that? I don't know who gives a crap. Anyway, the point is, Paul Krugman has the wrong map. You see... What Paul Krugman has is not a low IQ. He has the wrong roadmap. You see, he's trying to trudge through Manhattan with a with a map of the Bronx. So you're never going to get anywhere in Manhattan if you're staring at a map of the Bronx or Queens or Brooklyn. It's just not going to work. And that's the difference between me and Krugman, quite, quite frankly. Although clearly I am much smarter and much better looking than him, that's not the point. The point is, is Krugman is into Keynesianism, whereas I'm into Austrian economics. Now, we can get real nerdy and talk all day about the differences between those two things, but at the end of the day, the really important part is this. Paul Krugman and people of his belief, and frankly, most people in general, believe that the government must control the printing press, that in order for there to be money, there has to be a central command, a.k.a. the government, that is in charge of the printing press. Now, I believe that money existed before the government, and clearly it would continue to exist after it. And in fact, money would be better if the government were out of it completely. We'd have better money. Look at what Bitcoin is. Look at how it's emerged. You may not understand Bitcoin. Heck, I don't completely understand Bitcoin. You know who definitely doesn't understand Bitcoin? Bureaucrats. Nobody in government invented Bitcoin. It emerged freely from the market economy. The big problem, at least from my perspective, is the Krugmans of the world right now have won. They are winning. Because, once again, when I was in college, I made the same assumption that I'm assuming that most of the people listening to this who don't already agree with 99% of the things I say, I'm guessing that all of you, at least at some point in your life, assumed Gee, I guess the government has to print money because guess what? When something happens a certain way for all of our lives, generally speaking, we assume that that's the way that it has to be. For instance, the roads as well. That's another thing. The government is essentially in charge of all roads for the most part. Now, obviously, there's private driveways. There's private ro- There's all sorts of examples of private roadways. But the major interstate highways and highways and byways and the streets that we all drive on for the most part are in control, are controlled by 
public taxes, the public infrastructure, a.k.a. the government. And because of that, because that's been our reality for all of our lives, we just assume that it couldn't be done any other way. Not even that it couldn't be done better, but most people assume that it could not be done. That's the really interesting part. But again, once my opinion is that's the wrong roadmap. We've all been given the wrong roadmap on that particular topic, especially when it comes to the printing of money. Once again, it's not about anybody being dumb or stupid. Let's all put our egos aside and understand that there are a lot of things that we don't know, a great many of them. See, the reality is, is every single person on this planet has access to information and knowledge that is unique to only them. They have knowledge and information that you are never going to have, nobody else is going to ever have, and you can't possibly have. Therefore, in the aggregate, the market, a.k.a. all of us and our beautiful big brains that are making decisions every day, we're always going to have more information and better information than any central planner. Or forget about the government for a second and just take what's called the the man-on-the-street phenomenon. You know, it's not just a government thing. Obviously, the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, say Jeff Bezos, if he has some idea to implement in his factories and his warehouses – he, can, he certainly has the power to just make a decision and say, hey, here's how we're going to run our factories now. We're going to use a, this different type of forklift or whatever it might be. But the reality is, is Jeff Bezos doesn't actually spend much time on those floors. He's not a worker on those floors. He doesn't actually operate the forklift. Therefore, actually, the forklift operator is going to have better and different information about how the forklift actually works and how these different things are going to affect themselves in terms of actually running the business. He has information that Bezos cannot have and never will have. And it's not about that man being smarter than Bezos or anything like that or even better or anything. It's just we as human beings are all limited in our capacity. That's the reality of the situation. So therefore, putting any one person in charge of various different decisions for, the, for all of us, when we would all make different decisions, see, that's actually bad for all of us in the aggregate as well. And just to be clear, we're not talking about a chaotic society. I'm not advocating chaos. See, that would be crumpling up all maps and throwing them in the garbage. I'm not saying we don't have maps. I'm not saying we don't have rules and guideposts and and order. No, what I'm suggesting is, is let's get on the correct map and let's not have some idiot force me to use the wrong map. That's essentially what I'm saying. Because actually the market, again, all of us human beings, let's understand how we all actually work. You ever seen people line up for anything at games, for security at the airport for anything. It's a remarkably orderly experience more often than not. More often than not, people just simply line up, and they'll, they'll start doing it without even being told to more often than not. Because really, we're kind of orderly beings for the most part. We actually want order. We demand it. And in fact, in the private sector, there are plenty of rules. There's plenty of regulations, if you will, that emerge... Because people want them. 
people don't want to just be going willy-nilly throughout their lives. It's a, it's a complete waste of time. It would be inefficient. Nobody is advocating for chaos. We're advocating for better efficiency, quite frankly. Now, the people who like to argue against the market, particularly, particularly your Marxist-type people, Marx, see, Karl Marx liked to talk about two classes of people. He talked about oppressors and the oppressed. And the thing about dividing people into oppressors and oppressed is it's actually a very bizarre sliding scale that nobody can clearly define. Because on one hand, while a certain race of people might be considered mostly oppressed, they can have members of that race, that group of people, that are considered oppressors because of whatever quote-unquote privilege that they have. Well, again, oppression is a very difficult and sliding thing that is almost impossible to define. Whereas I would say aggression is much easier to define. It's actually quite obvious to define most of the time. You see, if you try to throw a punch at me, that's aggression. If you try to break into my car, that is aggression. But now, if I try to counter your punch and defend myself, now that's not aggression. That's just self-defense. This all seems pretty obvious for the most part, unlike oppression. But you know what? What is government ultimately? Government is aggression because it's doing things to you without your consent. Taxation ultimately is aggression. It's aggression upon you. Everything the government does is aggression unless they have your actual consent. If you've contracted the government to do something, then I guess it's not aggression. But even then, they have forced competition out of their area in a mafia-like way. Literally everything government does that involves taking property, at the very least, via taxation, via asset forfeiture, whatever it might be, it's all aggressive. And in my opinion, aggression is wrong. You shouldn't be aggressive to anybody. Kareem Hunt was wrong for being for, for aggressing upon that young woman and that young man that he pushed down, quite frankly. I think it's worse. Yeah, I, I think it's really abysmal to ever hit a woman. But I don't think you should hit anybody. Again, unless you're defending yourself. If you're defending your own body, your own property, that's a different story. It's aggression that is wrong. It's absolutely wrong. But, hey, if you think I'm nuts and that we actually need government... Okay, I can see why you think that. Again, government's been around for our entire lives. And when we see things that are around for our entire lives, we assume that essentially it's always been that way until somebody tells us otherwise. Well, I'm here to tell you that at the very best, at the best case scenario, government is there to be the worst case scenario when society breaks down, when somebody commits murder. See, if we need government to handle murder cases, for instance, I can maybe agree with that. But we can't use the government to right every wrong. It's impossible. And that's something that we've been trying to do for far too long. One of the most obvious ways that, that's, that that is obvious, to be quite redundant, is in the drug war. Yes, drugs can be really personally horrible for people. It can be deleterious to communities, families, the whole thing. I get it. But unfortunately, 
using government to stop people from hurting their own selves is aggression. It just is. And ultimately, it hasn't worked out. What we've seen is, is we have more drugs, harder drugs. We have Mexican gangs that are infiltrating our country and selling harder drugs than they ever have before. See, the government can handle, and we as a society can handle the occasional stray, but what we can't handle is an entire society filled with miscreants. And we also just can't handle when the bulk of society, regardless of what government wants to do or wants to say, if there's a 65-mile-an-hour speed limit and it's rush hour in Kansas City, well, I shouldn't say rush hour because it'll be clogged. But anyway, I've been in Kansas City before, and everyone is going 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. What, is the, what are the cops going to do about that? Essentially nothing. Sure, one person might get pulled over, but that's not going to stop everybody from going 20 miles over the speed limit because guess what? We all assume that we won't be the one who's going to get caught. This is another thing of human nature. We always assume we aren't going to be the one when everybody's doing it, quote unquote. Well, once everybody's doing it, it's on. Government can't do anything about everybody's doing it. It's on. That's basically where we are with cannabis at this point. We have a bunch of states that have decided to legalize recreational, a bunch of states that decide to legalize medical, and some who've decided not to do anything. Well, guess what? None of it matters. None of what the government does matter. Everybody who wants to get cannabis can get cannabis and has been able to for some time. All they can do is throw a few random people in jail. They're doing nothing about the cannabis trade whatsoever. So again, let's get the right map. Let's throw away that old crappy map called Keynesianism and get on the right map. That's called respecting people's individual rights and property. That's really what it's all about. Because ultimately, yes, we need rules. We need order. But the market will actually provide an incredible amount of order. It does it every single day. And as far as rules, there is no more crueler mistress when it comes to somebody you're trying to please than the market. See, if, if you mess with the market, see, believe me, Facebook is not going to get taken down by the government. The government will, will wag its finger at Mark Zuckerberg in a nice little show trial in front of the U.S. Senate. But what they aren't going to do is tell Facebook to shut down their doors. You know why? Because Facebook has way too much money that they can extract. It's never going to happen. But what they can do, what, what might shut Facebook down, is us. It's the consumer. If the consumer suddenly decides to heck with Facebook, as many are starting to, by the way. This isn't that crazy of a concept. If people start going to heck with Facebook and all their data mining and all this nastiness and whatever I'm bored with whatever reason it might be people have their different reasons for wanting to get off of Facebook but more and more people are doing it see the consumer is what's going to kill Facebook if something kills it if we all decide we're heading on to something else if we all decide we're just done with social media Facebook will then be done that's all there is to it the government isn't going to take them down because it frankly has no interest It'll act like it does. It'll act like it wants to regulate Facebook. And if it does regulate Facebook, all that will end up doing is 
having Facebook write them another check that a new possible competitor won't be able to afford to write that check. So Facebook will become a de facto government-approved monopoly. That's why I like to push back against people who want to break up Facebook, Google, all these incredibly powerful companies that do that are that do have frankly a lot of power in our lives that that you should be worried about. But breaking them up, regulating them, history tells us that that's just going to strengthen those companies. But history also tells us if you just let them be, if you let them compete as long as they're not obviously trampling on individuals and their rights, then the consumer will eventually get tired of them. Eventually, the consumer gets tired of just about everything. So many examples of companies that were staples. See, there's a guy, I heard somebody say the phrase recently, a guy named Jim Cornette. If you know who Jim Cornette is, good for you. If you don't, it's not important. He said the phrase, this guy is, or this, this crowd, describing a very a dull crowd, he said they're deader than Kelsey's nuts. And I was like, what in God's name is Kelsey's Nuts? So I finally, after I heard him say this phrase a few times, I looked up Kelsey's Nuts. Apparently, Kelsey's Automotive made was essentially the standard for lug nuts for years, among other things, and, and other auto parts, accessories, what, what have you. Well, now that company, that company was so popular that it was... It was stronger than Kelsey's nuts. Like that was a phrase. And now it became deader than Kelsey's nuts because the company's no longer around anymore. And it hasn't been around for so long that I'd literally never even heard of the thing. Sears catalog. Sears is going away, folks. It's going away. Nothing was a bigger staple turn of the century than than Sears. Nothing. The Sears Tower was the biggest building in the world at one point. And now... It's the Willis Tower. Things change quickly. So using the government to bash your enemies, to break up your enemies, whatever it might be, it might seem like a great idea at the time. Let me know how that works out for you in the long run would be my advice. All right, and finally, I teased it in the title, and I won't tease you any longer. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to look better naked, and frankly, who doesn't? There's only one tip that I have for you. I could give you a lot of tips on diet, on exercise, yada, yada, yada. But if I can give you one tip, it's this. Stop eating vegetable oil. Yes, all type, and not just vegetable oil, but corn syrup, soybean oil, anything that has those words in it, partially hydrogenated soybean oil, any of that nonsense. If that's in your food, stop eating it. Just stop. And I, I can confirm one of my good friends who uh, happens to be a doctor, he said the same thing. I Just totally un, unprompted, he said, oh, yeah, vegetable oil is probably the worst thing you can put into your body. And he was just talking pure health-wise. I'm just talking about losing a few pounds. Now, frankly, I've lost about 35 pounds in the last couple, three years just from – cutting out a lot of sugar and grain out of my diet. I've cut out fruit juices. I've cut out a lot of tropical fruits. I've cut out my morning cereal. And I don't drink very much beer anymore. And I've lost a lot of weight that way. Now, I understand that some people 
are going to fight against that a little bit. And they're saying, no, I need my orange juice. I need my this. I need my that. Does anybody really need vegetable oil? I think we can cut out the vegetable oil. If you're using vegetable oil for cooking, go ahead and use replace it with olive oil. Use coconut oil. You, there's, there's various other alternatives. And I guarantee you, you're not going to miss it. Just look in any sort of junk food that it's going to have all it's going to have vegetable oil in it. Just look at your ingredients. I challenge you to do that. Hey, speaking of the wrong map where we started where we started this discussion about economics, well, guess what? The government gave us the wrong map with the food pyramid, too. They told us, "Oh, we need to eat lots of heart-healthy grains and all this nonsense." Well, it turned out that none of that was true and it's actually led in large part, in my humble opinion, to the obesity epidemic we see in this country today. So once again, look better naked, cut out vegetable oil. That's my advice for the day. And with that, it's been another episode of Everybody Trades Podcast. I've enjoyed it, and I hope you have too. And with that, I'm going to enjoy my Friday afternoon. Take it easy, everybody. (laughs) 